Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Previously on Dungeons and Dragons. New Lara, as you come out and you feel the water clear, you open your eyes and you are somewhere else. Ruh-roh. You are standing in the middle of a burning city. A call from the end of the street draws your attention and you see Flint and Thea rushing into a burning building. It explodes in a fiery blaze. Your eyes close and it's sudden darkness and silence. And you hear a woman's voice, Tiamat will rise. Whoa, so we like, we died? We have to put an end to this. I don't know how we do that, but this is not how that ends. I think we gotta go talk to Macoth as soon as we get out of here. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so you open the door, and there's a bit of a creak to the door, but you you see standing still three creatures, and they look rebuilt. Uh, so Russ, remember I got those ice frag grenades? They do a bunch of damage, and if they fail their save, they get rooted to the spot that they're in. They're just going to take your explosions. Ew. That sounds horrible. (laughs) I hear it now. Yeah. (laughs) Phrasing. And through a voice that doesn't sound like it belongs to a bugbear quagoth says, Welcome back. I've been missing you guys. How do you get out of my dungeon so easily? Ugh. We'll tell you in a minute. I, uh... Like, I motion for one of my crocodiles, and it goes in and bites its head. <laughs> Torgar's like, um, we should probably bar that front door. Torgar kind of opens it a little bit just to see who's out there. There is a sea of undead, mangled creatures marching on the building. We gotta, we gotta close this door as a loud bang comes from the other side as these creatures throw themselves at the door. I latch the one deadbolt and put the chain in the little slot and we're good to go. <laughs> Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons, a D&D 5th edition actual play podcast. I'm your dungeon master, Russ Moore. And with me today, playing Thea Amastasia, is Amy Moore. It's me. And playing Lara Moonbrook is Carla Johnson. It's me. And playing Flint Firebeard is Tom Laird. It's me! <laughs> I like our new intros. <laughs> I was hoping you'd go with, like, it's-a-me. You know, just, like, oh, my, okay, well, um, let's, do, let's do it again. Can, Roll it again. We, Roll yeah. it again, I got one, this. One more time. Flint Firebeard is Tom Laird. It's-a-me, Flint! <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's more of what you wanted? That's perfect. That was what Bang on. All right, excellent. Yeah. Way to go, guys. All right, so that's it for today. Uh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Got those intros down. We'll see you again was, next time. That was hard work. It's one of our new mini episodes. Um, we've got that uh, We've got that contest still going on right through the end of July, and there's people actually entering in it. And, and we've confirmed real people. Uh, yeah, as best we can. I mean, we're doing this kind of in the past, so we don't know how many exactly, but I'll put that in in post. 
So my army of Chinese bots haven't been doing their thing yet because I've been paying them. That's what I was just going to say. If these are like bots or some kind of AI, they're very advanced because they're following directions. So and like multi-step directions. It's pretty impressive. Going to get them to buy me concert tickets from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can just reprogram them after July 31st. Okay, perfect. You know, keep them on the payroll. There's a payroll? Well, oh, Tom's apparently payroll. Tom's payroll because he's for my Chinese bot army, yes, for all the Chinese right. bots. Right. This episode comes out on the twenty sixth, so you still have a few days to get in on the contest. All you have to do is send us a screenshot that says that you're subscribed to Dungeons and Dragons. Post that to Facebook or Twitter with the hashtag #DumbDragonCast so we can find it and get you in for that draw to win uh, one of the D and D books. Uh, your choice, whoever wins. Not everybody's choice, just one person's choice. It's a group vote on what the person wins. It's a big collaborative endeavor. So shall we D&D? Let's D&D. Let's do it. Yes. Let's do and do it. That's what D&D stands for. (laughs) Oh, okay. Do and do it. Uh, So last we left you guys, you um, put the tiny key hook uh, lock on the door. (laughs) Excellent. I think it was a chain lock. chain, Chain lock. Right. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and left that uh, to the zombie horde coming in. I mean, there might have been a larger beam that was put in place, but it's funnier if you just put the chain lock. Guys, why why bother, you know, it's, it's the inevitable. <laughs> Let's just do the chain lock, have them be really confused. You've barred this door. There are hundreds of pieced together undead creatures on the other side. And uh, the three of you and Torgar and Osric are now standing in an empty foyer area of this castle place. Do I still have my crocs? Yeah, you should have your crocs. Like your footwear or actual <laughs> crocodiles? I legitimately, that is absolutely what I thought. And I was like, <laughs> just scouring my brain. Like, did Amy make a joke that she was wearing crocs? Like, is that canon? I don't remember that at all. No, but it does sound like something I would do. Yeah. So those actual crocodiles you materialized yeah. is what you are like referring to. Of course, you're not course. Mario Batali. You're not wearing Crocs. <laughs> I just like the amount of support they give on my feet during these long adventures. That's fair. Plus the <laughs> breathability. breathability. I stand one foot on each of my Crocs and I go, look, guys, I'm wearing Crocs. <laughs> and nobody gets it because Crocs don't exist in this world. Uh, so it's on uh, It's on you guys. What do you want to do? I say we probably just get ready for the horde that's bound to come through that door any moment, or do we rush upstairs and try to, like, murder? Um, the door <laughs> itself is... <laughs> really drew out that murder. No, the pronunciation was perfect. The door itself appears to be holding at the moment. They are beating in the other side, so there is rumbling from the door, but it doesn't uh, doesn't look like they have broken down anything. And I will remind you that there are several hundred of them on the other side of the door. Oh, let's not fight them. Yeah, <laughs> not uh, not just the five of us. Well, perhaps the Crocs plus Johnny. Still pretty bad odds. Um, so maybe upstairs? Like we're trying to get to Primsbane, right? Mm-hmm. Or is that homie at Russ? I don't know where he is. Wait, we can just ask Russ questions like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, like, this is so game. much easier than we've been making it out to be. <laughs> this game has changed drastically. The uh, he's in the bathroom right now, and he's going to need a moment, okay? No, no, I'm going to get in there, just like that movie that has just escaped me, 
boondock saints. There we go. There you go. What I meant was uh, we came up some stairs and came in here and then fought those other zombie things and locked the door. Yeah. So what do we see like leading away from this room where we could go try to find him? Off of this foyer, there are three other rooms on this floor with various archways or doors. All appear to be open, the doorways, um, and pretty quiet. Taking a quick look around, you don't see anything on this floor, really. There is, if you go back to the stairs, there is one more flight above you, or there's the jail floor um, below you. And we've already been down there before, yeah, right? Yeah, I think, I think we decided last time we weren't into it. Well, we bypassed you, it, right? Yeah, you bypassed the jail floor to come to bar the front door. Right Oh, that's correct, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you haven't been on that since the last time you were in the jail. But one of our traveling companions told us that if Prince Bane was in here, he would be at the top floor. Yes, uh, Torgar and Osric believed that would be the smartest place to check. So let's do that. Come on, guys. Let's let's check upstairs. Sounds gravy. Hey, what order are you going in? Oh, hey, before we go back through that door, wasn't there like some fucking slime monster that attacked you on the other side of it? It got murdered. Okay. Yeah, the two gray ooze creatures did get destroyed by Torgar. Okay. Yeah, I did nothing in that battle. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure because of the way Russ said, what order are you going in? Made me think, oh, well, there's definitely something on the other side of that. Well, there still then. could be. I mean. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I always have to ask the question whether there's things there or not to make you think that there's things there. Exactly. You're our, you are showing your whole hand here, mister. You be careful if you want to continue being a magician. So Thea's going first then? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I'll take the rear with my Crocs. I'll go first. I will follow closely behind. And then we'll have uh, Torgard and... Who is it? Torgard and Osric. They can be in the middle between Flint and, and Thea. So you guys run back through the area where you blew up some zombies back into the stairs. And you are able to make your way up to that top floor without any any other gray oozes coming out at you. And you open the top door. Are you doing this uh, stealthily or are you just kind of barging in? Um, well, I'm going to try and do it stealthily. How about that? Sure. <laughs> Let me roll. Let me roll a die. Let me see where, where my stealth is. It's not great, but it's okay. Uh, it's not great. It's an eight. The door opens with a loud creak. <laughs> like a Resident Evil style creak? Yeah. And you open the door and then you see down at the end of this long hallway, two large ogre zombies brandishing large morning stars. And they look up and they hear the door open. And they begin charging forward towards you. Okay. Let's roll for initiative. Let's get these ogres. Nine. That's an eight. Eight for new Lara Flint. Hope you roll better. Solid six. Fuck. Nine for the uh, crocodiles. So we're going to go for all of us. <laughs> no, I got a nine got too. A nine, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, good. The ogre... On your left, nearest new Lara, as you guys enter this room, is up first. And he swings his morning star at new Lara for 25 against your AC. Surprisingly, that will do it. Oh, just barely though, right? That just barely made it. He connects solidly from the sounds of it. 
That'd be 15 damage. Ah, ouchie. Just rings the old bell there. And now Torgar follows quickly in, and he gets four attacks with his hammer, if you recall. Yes, he does. And he goes to try and knock that one off of you. One of them hits. One of them hits. One of four? One of four hits. So he comes in and just begins swinging wildly, (laughs) but is trying to watch the backswing of this morning star. And he connects for 10 bludgeoning damage on this one ogre here. Is up. Do I remember that fire does not hurt these guys very much? Is that there was something that we had learned about poison the doesn't hurt them? Poison doesn't poison. hurt them, right? Okay, well, then I will use flaming spear, I will throw that big ball of fire at the dude that did the damage to Nulara. Nobody attack my girl. Thanks, friend. And you're welcome. You have to make a dexterity saving throw. Seven. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, 16. Okay. 10 damage. Okay, now your crocodiles are up. <gasps> my crocodiles. Okay, well, you have the book, but my croc is going to uh, run over here and bite this dude. 1d10 plus 2 piercing damage. Nice. Because he's got a little knife. He bites him and then he stabs him and that's the piercing <laughs> damage. <laughs> 8 damage. Um, and the target is grappled, and until this grapple ends, the target is restrained. Mm-hmm. My crocodile attacks the, the ogre o- on the right. Well, it's a zoger, but zoger on the right. <laughs> my, he will my attack bad. the zoger on the right, so he can't go anywhere either. Okay. Thea claps for so her. Thea produces her fireball, and it erupts in the middle of the in between these two ogres, and she Starts rams it into the one on the left. And then her two crocodiles go and each latches on to one of them. And now it is New Lara's turn. Sweet. Well, my sword is out and I say muy caliente and I am going to try to um, de-head the zombie. No, sorry. The zoger um, on the left, the one closest to me, the one that just like gave me a mild concussion. Uh... That is, I rolled an 18, so I hit it. I think I have like a plus nine. <laughs> uh, yes, that will hit I think for sure. Flame Tongue is actually a plus 10 now because I something else went up at some point. Anyway, I assume that that is probably a hit, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. Great, 14 damage. And then I'm going to attack him again. And that is a 22. That yep. is 19 damage. Oh, nicely yeah. done. You, because these ogres are quite tall, you swing in with your first hit and it doesn't doesn't hit the, the neck area quite like you were hoping. But your second one, you give a little jump and twirl <laughs> and you cleave through this ogre's neck and his head like a like a large, large bowling ball flies off and that one falls to the ground dead. Donnie's turn. Donnie rolled a 19. What? I know. Donnie. So that is three damage. He's not trying to poison it because it doesn't work and he gets more damage the other way. Sure. So after your beheading, Donnie swoops in and he takes a bite out of this ogre and rips off a bit of flesh and says, well, that was disgusting. And now it's Flint's turn. Uh, Russ, what kind of armor are these Zogers wearing? Uh, it is just their natural skin. They're not wearing any any man-made armor. Okay, perfect. That answers my question very nicely. 
All right, I'm going to uh, run alongside the croc that currently has the uh, zoger that's left locked up, and I'm going to take a big swing at his uh, kind of his underarm rib area because I'm not quite tall enough to get much higher, but I really want to just like just lodge my axe in there. Oh, for sure. You know, like you do. That's a 25. 25 most certainly will do it, yeah. 22 damage. We can say that that is firmly lodged in the rib cage area, if that, is, uh, that's what you said you were aiming for. Yes. Now, is it so lodged that I cannot remove it? Make a strength check. Okay. Plus my bonus, 15. Yeah, you're able to pull that back out. Excellent. Let's, uh, let's go for round two in that same area. Okay. And that's a 22. 22 will be good, yeah. Perfect. 16 damage. You hit roughly the same area, and with a big old squish, your axe is, again, in same general vicinity in his ribcage there. Osric's turn, and he, from the doorway, fires his crossbow at that standing zoger, as they're now referred to as. He hits with that, and it takes seven damage, just kind of hits the side of its head but doesn't drop. Now it's the Zoger's turn, and he swings his Morning Star at Flint, who has his axe lodged into the ribs of itself, but he does roll disadvantage, so that one was a three. Well, you could have rolled worse. I could have rolled worse. <laughs> That's a nine against your AC. Flint. Not enough. The zombie oh. guy didn't move. And so he needs to make a constitution saving throw or a death? Uh, Dex saving throw. Dex saving throw. Try to because. save that dex. Because we haven't been using my sphere the right way. Yep. Uh, so 14. Not good enough. Okay, so he takes another 3d6 damage. Yes, he does. Are you going to roll that? Eight damage. He misses his shot on Flint and then takes the, the burning damage because he's unable to move away as he's ground by this, by this crocodile. And then Torgar comes over swinging his hammer with four strikes. A natural 20, um, a 4, a 19, and a 17. So we'll roll the natural 20 first, which probably will do it. He is clapping from the side, just like, yay! Bringing it up over his head two-handed, he gets d10 damage instead of d8 damage. He swings down. For 28 damage. Yo! And he leaps into the air and brings this, this stone hammer down onto the skull of this Zoger, and it explodes. There's ogre gore all over this hallway here. And it drops to the ground dead. It's probably real stinky. They were all, like, rotty and burned now. <laughs> and exploded. Yeah. The, Crispy fry. The, the, the sniffs and it's like, yeah. And as this ogre drops, you feel a shake in the building. And there are windows along this hallway. And you look out and the zombies outside the building. It looks like the door is still holding, but they are beating on all the walls and all the door and window areas down on the main floor that they can reach. So down at the end of this hallway is one large door that is presently closed. Not for long. <laughs> I, I pet my I pet my crocodiles and they disappear into like a little like like sparkly effervescent like sure add some sort of nice sound post 
What are you doing with your uh, flame ball? Okay. Oh, I want to keep it. Okay. What are you guys doing? I guess we should check out that door, probably, right? It seems like the right choice. Torgar, you've got that big hammer. Beat down that door. It's got a big stone hammer, right? Put him to use. Can we do some sort of like perception check to see if there's anything funked about this door? Yeah, absolutely. What do you, What is it you're trying to look for? Uh, any sort of like magical or physical traps, maybe? Yeah. Maybe make an investigation check instead of a perception check. Oh, wait. Investigation is plus two for me. Never mind. 19. 16. Yeah, and I got an 18. You take a little bit to look at this door, looking for perhaps previous traps that you've seen in the dungeon or any sort of magical aura to it, and it appears to just be a regular old door. Should we knock? There is a part of me that feels like, yes, we should. What if we do like the super cool dude knock? Where it's like... Like like dollar and a haircut? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or we could just try and sneak it open. What if he's like in there in the bath and we can kill him? <laughs> Those elven wizards in their baths. We're gonna murder a man in the bathtub, Nulara. Uh, oh, do we have just like a toaster we could throw in? <laughs> I could call lightning into the bathtub, oh, I suppose. Oh, I'd like that. Torgar mentions that beyond that door is the main council chamber. Okay. You know, just in case you were looking for a bathroom. <laughs> In case you're uh, looking for a bathroom. Okay, I sneakily open the door. Uh, what is that roll? Stealth? I'm trying to sneakily open the door? Sure, yeah. That was a 17. You go to um, try the handle on the door, and it is unlocked. You push the latch, and it is pulled open from the other side by two dwarven zombies. And it opens up into this council chamber, and you see at the head of this massive council table the dark elf that you saw in the dungeon as well as four human zombies two quagoth zombies three bugbear zombies and three dwarven zombies two of which have opened the doors for you and from the end of the table Thelonius says come on in my friends I feel we have much to talk about are they attacking us or are they, he is like legitimately letting us walk in? He's legitimately letting you walk in. In fact, the two dwarven zombies kind of stand off to the side and there's one that's in directly in front of you between you and Thelonius. And he as well uh, moves off to the side, allowing room for you to enter this room. I, I whisper over, I guess Flint is the closest to me. I whisper, should I, should I just throw my flaming sphere at him? Uh, we we might actually want to just talk to him and see what his kind of end game is. Okay. But I mean, definitely keep the sphere around. Yeah, I only got it for a minute, so it's probably gonna go away soon. I don't know. Should we just go for it, guys? I'm gonna throw a ball in his face. That's all. Yeah. I mean, I guess out of character. I'm curious to see what he says. I mean, we're definitely gonna end up getting in a fight in here, but oh, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. But you know how good we are with our NPC chit-chat, so let's get to that. Ah. Yes. Primsbane. Yes, yes. Before you say anything, he looks to Thea and he says, you're not going to need that flaming ball, but if you'd like to keep it, that's fine. That's fine. It's for her Fushigi art. Ah, of course, of course. <laughs> I, get, I get rid of my flaming sphere so it doesn't look like it just peters out on me, which it's going to anyway. I... Snap my fingers and it goes away. Ooh, what it's a good. dramatic a finish. Move. Yeah, it's better. I like it. 
Primsbane, you have something you want to discuss with us or some things you want to say before we kill all these nasty, disgusting creatures you've surrounded yourself with? Well, I just, I just want to know how you guys keep getting away from my traps, my dungeons. <laughs> this isn't the first time, you know. Tell me more. Also, keep talking in that voice because it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> It is not what I thought his voice would sound like. <laughs> I like or it. Or what I think it maybe did sound he, like previously. Maybe he put a filter on the portal. Oh, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> he was in sound a fountain, actually, like, so. dangerous, and now he just sounds squeaky. Like, Exactly. Is he going to walk out from behind this table, like, off of his chair, and he's really going to be, like, this big? Oh, that would be awesome. He says, well, I mean, you guys, you escaped that dungeon that you were just in. Still don't know how you did that. And there was a while ago, I had you guys locked up and you stole a book from me. A Tome of Enchantments, perhaps. I had you locked up down there, too, and you stole all of those from me. I I don't remember that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Russ is looking at my face, and I'm like... It's a callback to episode one. Is that true? Yeah. What? Yeah, because remember we just, like, woke up in that dungeon and Tibby was there and then we had to get the Tome of Secrets? Or whatever it was called. No, but yes, now that you say it. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So this yeah. was his fault. That was his fault. That's what he's telling you. Yep. Oh. He just owned it. I wish I'd recovered more hit points before we fought this big bad, I think, to myself. <laughs> it's, no, it's a good thing you thought it to yourself out loud. <laughs> Theo will hopefully take care of that. He says, um, I don't like it. When people I'm trying to keep locked away, perhaps forever, steal things from me and keep getting away. And as he says that, the two zombies close the door behind you. But again, don't make any sort of aggressive move towards you. Well, most people don't like being locked up. So, and Thea just does like the the head movement, like, "Mm." I feel like this power I'm looking for is what's actually helping you. Now, which one of you has the key to get it on you? I'm sure there's a key or some sort of some sort of way to find the door or, or call the train. I've heard of a train being seen across across the town. This fucking guy and his obsession with trains. Come I bet have he a has s- a little model train set and everything. Come have a seat at my table. We can discuss this. We can see if we can join forces and and you know, for the betterment of Everyone. Yes, to what end? Uh, quick quick show of hands. Who wants to join forces with Primsbane? All the zombies raise their hand. Looks like you're outnumbered. I was not talking to the zombies. Also, you're already with him, stupid zombies. Uh, can join somebody you're, you're already with. They put their hands back down sheepishly. Good, yeah. Wait, yeah. logic works on the zombies? <laughs> uh, apparently so. Maybe we can talk to the zombies, you guys. No, I don't think so. No, they don't. Let's murder them all. (laughs) Murder time. (laughs) It's my favorite time. No, we will not join you, you psychopathic necromancer. Have it your way. I'll just have all my zombies kill you. And then, well, I'll find it on you somewhere. And with that phrase, all the zombies begin moving towards you. Roll for initiative. Roll for initiative. Oh, he's so mad at me. Because <laughs> I took your line. Twelve. Edit that out. That's fine. Oh. <laughs> I edited most of your things out. Anyway, uh, sorry, I got a 13. I also got a 13. 16. <gasps> Shall we roll again? Yes. I got a five. 
You can go I first. Got a, I got a 17. Torgar is first to react as he sees these zombies start to lurch forward towards you. And he swings his hammer back towards the zombie dwarf on the left of the door as you guys enter. And connects with a natural 20. Backhand swinging his hammer towards his head. That's 19 damage towards that dwarf zombie. Woo! Second misses. His third strike connects and crushes the skull of this dwarf zombie and it is dead. And he goes to swing towards the dwarf zombie that had moved out of the way and is working his way towards you. And it is a natural 20 as well. Oh my god, Torgar's on fire. So that's 24 damage and it is dead as well. (laughs) Wow, I'm glad we brought that guy. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. It is the last standing dwarf zombie's turn and he goes and swings towards Flint. And that is uh, a 14. Not good. Okay. Not a hit. <laughs> sorry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> sorry. Then Flint, it's your turn. All right. I'm going to... Uh, now, is there two guys that are close to me, or is that just another... Oh, no, that's Ostrich. Okay, never mind. Yeah, that's Ostrich. So there's yeah. only one towards you, and the other two dwarven zombies nearest you are dead. I will just start. Crossing things off here. Perfect. All right. Well, I will. Uh, I will take my two-handed great axe and uh, give the old swingaroo at this uh, zombie dwarf that's near to me. And that's a critical nineteen. Ooh. Okay. So let's start rolling some damage. Thirty-one damage. <gasps> Holy shit! Tell me Jeez. how you uh, obliterate this dwarven Holy zombie. Good lord. Uh, I give him a head fake to the right. And he totally bites on it. Yeah. And then I uh, I move back to the left and bring my axe from all the way behind me so I can pick up maximum uh, torque behind it. Sure. And just lodge it straight into the middle of his head. It Yeah, it splits his head like very much like a banana peel. And uh, that one drops to the ground as well. Excellent. With the force, though, your axe is lodged into its body. So if you want to make your second attack at anybody, you got to make a strength check. I would like to make my strength check to remove my axe, but I don't think anyone's close enough for me to hit a second attack, but can I get closer to some people? Yeah, you can certainly take your move and start working your way into the room, yep. Okay, perfect. So I will roll my strength check to retrieve my wonderful axe, because I do be needing that. It's a 14. Fingers crossed. You take out your axe there, and you can still make your move. Okay, perfect. I guess I'll move just to kind of the front of the table, so I'm in the middle of kind of everything. Sure. Just maybe to uh, draw some people in towards me sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then it's new Lara's turn. Sweet. Um, I mean, kind of not really close enough to anybody. Let's see. I'm going to throw a spear at... Uh, sorry, this is a Quagoth and a... What did I just run up to? <laughs> <laughs> A bugbear and a... That what is, is this? A quagoth and a bugbear zombie. Okay. And when I say that they are that specific one, I say that they are mostly that specific one, right. but with other other weird, gross appendages on them. Right. Okay. Then on the left, I think it's probably the bugbear. Yeah. I'm going to throw my spear at that dude. That is a 25. 25 will hit, yeah. Perfect. Just don't get a lot of damage on that. Six damage. Okay. And then, I guess, because I need to do something else, I'm going to hit him with my whip. Oh, right, you have a whip. I forgot Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Sure. I won't hit him with my whip. I'm out of practice. You're okay. right. I only got an 11. Uh, that will not hit, yeah. No, but it looked kind of sassy. Sure, yeah. Donnie got an 18. 18 will be good. Who's he going towards? Uh, same guy, but that is three damage. Yes, that is good. So it is now Thea's turn. So Thea, Flint, um destroys a zombie to your right and then runs into the room. Nulara as well charges in um, and sticks one of the bugbears with a spear and Donnie's helping her out. And what do you do? Okay, I'm going to stay where I am. (laughs) And I'm going to call lightning down upon stupid McEvil face. On stupid McEvil face? That'd be Thelonious? Yes, Thelonious. I like the other name better. So a storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder that's 10 feet tall with a 60 foot radius centered mm-hmm. on a point I can see above me. When I cast a spell, choose a point I can see within range and a bolt of lightning flashes down. He must make a dexterity saving throw. He doesn't move. He doesn't move what? He doesn't move at all. He's not going to make that save. Oh, he's just choosing not to make the save. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck. Okay. That's fun. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, so you call this lightning and it comes down and he doesn't make a flinch. It strikes five feet above him and stops and lets off sparks as if there's a dome covering him that you cannot see. Well, shit. He says, you're going to have to try harder than that there. Well, I can't. My turn's over. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) I'll murder something else with that later. It's still, I still have my cloud. Um, now it is his turn. He waves his hand, and you see him kind of mumble something under his breath. And underneath Nulara and Flint, the ground turns black. And in a 20-foot square, black tentacles reach up and grab hold of your legs. And that entire area becomes just writhing tentacles all through that 20-foot area, and you each make a dexterity saving throw. 16. 13? Neither of those saves. Fuck. (laughs) And you each take 3d6 bludgeoning damage, Ah. so that is 6, 7 bludgeoning damage, and you are restrained until you are able to either free yourself or the spell ends. Uh, All right, then. To get out, you use an action to make a strength or dexterity check, your choice, against the spell save DC. And now it is some zombies' turns. The two Quagoth zombies are first in the initiative order. One jumps towards Osric that should be able to make it, and this one jumps and tries to tackle Nulara. The one going for Osric, that's a 20... And an eight. So claws once for four damage. And the second Quagoth in the room is going towards Nulara and claws twice, hitting once with the 19 for five slashing damage. The human zombies stand to attention and they pull bows and arrows out and they let loose an arrow each. One shoots at Osric, one shoots at Thea, one at Flint, and one at Torgar. So the first one at Osric is a 20, that will hit. Thea, that is a 20, that will hit. Flint, that is a 20, that will hit. What is happening over here? (laughs) It's a plus four. I know that it's a plus four. I'm watching you roll. And Torgar is an 11. 
and that will not hit. So Osric will take three damage, Thea will take eight damage, and Flint will take three damage. And then it is the bugbear's turn. The bugbear on the far right of the room. There are three in this room. There's one towards the very back, standing by a door. There's one off to the right in the room, and he begins to work his way backwards towards that door. The third one nearest Nulara um, sees that she is being attacked by this Quagoth, and he runs towards Torgar and strikes at him with the Morning Star that he is holding for a nine, and that is not going to hit. Now it is Osric's turn. How many more characters should I play? Thank God. <laughs> Osric strikes towards the Quagoth in front of him with a, a one. Oh, uh, it's yeah, sad, he, It's guys. a sad, sad one. Doesn't he, he get four? No, that's Torgar. Oh, whoops. Yeah, he I only know. gets one. Thanks. Um, but he misses, critically. And now it is back to the top. It's Torgo's turn, and he has the bugbear on him. And he swings towards this bugbear at him for a 19 for his first swing, 12 for his second swing, and then 19 for his third. So we'll do the first two. Well, but the second swing is enough to kill him. And then he makes his way and starts running back towards the back of the room. So he kills, he bludgeons the bugbear's skull in. And he then starts to run around the black tentacle area and runs back towards the back of the room and starts making his way back there to the archers. Dwarf zombies are all dead. Flint's, Flint's turn. All right, so you said I have to make uh, like a strength check to get out of this tentacle crap? Strength or dexterity against his spell save DC, yeah. Um, hold on. At the start of your turn... Make a dexterity saving throw, though, because at the start of whoever's turn's in there, you could take some more damage. So make a dex saving throw first. Okay, okay. That's all right. Ooh, 19. Woo! 19 is enough to save. You will take... Doesn't say half, so you just don't take any damage on that. Sweet. Now you can do what you want to do to try and get out there. Okay. I would like to, in order to uh, get out of this, I would like to... Because that's a giant table in front of me, correct? Yes, sir. I would like to swing my axe into the table and thus pull myself out of this black tentacle mess. Provided that it's a wooden table, it looks wooden. Yes, you can. So I'm going to uh, lodge my axe into the corner of the table okay. and try and give myself some extra kind of force to pull myself out of these tentacles. Sure. That is a bonus. Let me flip back to the right page. 22. 22 is plenty. So you heave your axe into this table and you pull yourself free from these black tentacles as they're trying to latch on to you. Excellent. Are you going to be on top of the table or are you pulling yourself to the side? I was just going to pull myself to the side. Okay. So yeah, you are to the side of the table now. That's one action to get out. So you still have one more action and whatever you haven't moved yet. Okay. So I've moved about five feet so far to get out of that. uh... Yeah. Okay, I'm going to um, move towards, I guess it's a bugbear, that guy on the right uh, with the green dot on him. Yeah, there's there's one bugbear, so his back will be towards you. He's working his way back towards that door at the back of the room there. Okay, I'm going to move towards the bugbear, but I have a feeling like I can't quite like get there and attack him, but I can like get close to him. Sure. Okay, so I'm going to get close to him, but I'm going to take my final attack with one of my hand axes and throw it at Primsbane. Hold on, how far are you... Like, you are within range of that bugbear. Oh, am if I? If you want to do that, but... 
Well, uh, I, would, yeah. I would still like to throw an axe at Prim's Bane, because I'm curious if his protective bubble is magic-related or everything-related. Good question! All right, so in a surprise move, I turn and whip a throwing axe at him. And it's a 19. But not critical. 19 glances off uh, this bubble that is around him. It kind of ricochets off and goes to the back of the room. Okay, so it looks like it's a protective uh, shell against everything, guys, not just magic. And as far as how far it is, yeah, it's about... So you know that it's about five feet above him and stretches out now to about ten feet in the direction of Flint. Hello, my friends and fellow adventurers. I'm your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. Thank you for joining us and continuing on this journey for episode 18 of Dungeons & Dragons, titled A Sphere of Safety. Obviously, by this point, you may have realized the sphere wasn't intended for our adventurers. Joke's on them! <laughs> this past little while, we've received a couple lovely five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. The first is from the podcast The Guild of Penance, who says... More like fungins and drag funds? The title didn't exactly work out, but my point still stands. This is a really fun series with interesting characters and silly shenanigans. Highly enjoyable. Uh, the Guild of Penance, if you haven't listened to them, is an amazingly fun actual play podcast that you should definitely check out. I mean, I appreciate uh, their five-star review to us, and I'm going to try and give a little back here to them by sending you over to see them. To give you a little layout of who they are, they are a group of friends who met playing World of Warcraft and decided to create, run, and record a fantasy-style RPG. They run a wonderful homebrewed RPG every week that comes out on Sundays. Where they really shine is they rely quite heavily on the players guiding the story, which takes a lot of pressure off their storyteller when things go wrong, right? I can appreciate that. I'll uh, put a little link down to the doobly-doo down there, and you can go find them on iTunes and social media. We also heard from user That's Delightful, and they say, and I don't even play D&D. D&D should be proud. Full disclosure, I have only played an RPG once in my life, and that was years ago. However, I kind of want to play again. This is a well-produced podcast, great background effects, and worth the listen. That's what we love to hear. Getting people interested in playing the game based on what we're doing is a huge secondary thing that I didn't realize would happen. If every new listener to the game, you know, based on what we're doing and having fun doing, tries it once, I'd be an incredibly happy guy because it's a super fun game that everyone should give a try. We're really happy that you are continuing this journey with us through all the feedback we get through those ratings. Please keep those coming in. Uh, reviews and social media comments, love to see those. Without you spreading the show through word of mouth, it makes it much more difficult for us to get it out there. So tell a friend, a family member, a co-worker, in your next employee review, tell your boss about it. I'm sure it's a little off topic, but maybe that's what they've just been looking for, a real go-getter who's going to tell them where they can hear all the cool, fun Dungeons & Dragons stuff, right? That's it for now. The next part in our adventure will be available early, August 2nd with the episode 19. Reasons for that will be coming out in that episode. Let's see if Flint, Thea, and Nulara are going to find a way to get out of this predicament. Let's get back to the episode. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. And now it is Nulara's turn. Uh, so what do I have to do first? Deck save? First, a deck save. That is 22. 22 is enough to not take damage from these tentacles, uh, but now you must try to break free. 
with a strength or a dexterity check. Okay, then that's what I'm going to do. With Donnie's help, because he's trying really hard to pull me out. It's very dramatic. He's very sad. It's like freaking out. His tentacles are attacking me. Uh, that is a... Oh, I'm strong. That's a 19. 19 is enough to get free from these tentacles. So you and Donnie are able to pull yourself out of this area. Um, and now you have another action and uh, about 25 feet of movement um, with the Quagoth directly in front of you there. Now that I am close enough, I can actually use my sword. So that is a... 16. 16 on a Quagoth is good. Yep. Okay. So I hit him. That is a 6, 10, 11, 13 damage. Yeah. Okay. And then Donnie, try and get a little chomp out of him as well. Yep. That is only a 13. Uh, 13 will still hit. Oh, oh Donnie. All right. So that is six damage. That is the most he can get. He did oh, it. Oh, Donnie. He's all pumped up because he helped me get out of those tentacles. So yeah, he pulls you from these tentacles and you step forward and slice into this Quagoth and he takes a bite from Donnie um, and he's still standing, but one of his arms is, you cut through the suturing and it falls to the ground. Ooh, gross. Yeah. Super gross. So now it is Thea's turn. You see them both get out and go try and swing. You see Flint's axe glint off of whatever is protecting Thelonious. Um, and now it is your turn. I can move six squares, right? Uh, yes. But if you move through the big square in the middle... I'm not gonna. And remember, you still have your lightning cloud about, so you could hit other people with it. I, I do, but I, I, I need to do something first. Okay. And I need to get close enough to Nulara. Uh, I'm going to cast as one of my actions, because I have the storm cloud and... Another action. Mm -hmm. I'm going to cast... If you cast something else, you lose concentration on your first spell. Okay, well, let me let me murder something with my first spell. I am going to move my lightning to the... What is it? A bugbear at the back. The bugbear at the back by the door? Yeah. By the door. I'm going to murder him. Okay. With my lightning. So I make a dex save. I assume there's thunder. There's no need to assume. I heard it clear as day. Uh, I believe that's an eight, so yeah, that's... Pro probably not. Uh, so how much damage does he take? <laughs> he will take 3d10. That's a good one. Ooh, 19 damage. Yeah. Nice. Your lightning is called down upon him, and he takes the full brunt of whatever hits him. And he has this um, comical, like, when you stick your finger in electrical socket, his <laughs> hair's, like, sticking out on end, and he's just... He exhales, even though zombies don't have to breathe, and a plume of smoke comes out of his mouth. <laughs> Thea is very pleased. Uh, no, what did? What else did you want to do? Uh, I'm also going to cast Mass Cure Wounds, because I came in here with lower hit points, and so anyone within a 30-foot radius of here, mm -hmm. so that includes Donnie, if he's taken any damage, Torgar, it includes Nulara, and okay. myself. So 3d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. So you roll those 3d8 and then you add Which your wisdom, wisdom modifier. So it's 25. So Nulara, Thea, Donnie, and Torgar can regain 25 hit points based off of that. Nice. You're the best, Thea! That brings Torgar back to full. That brings me back to full as well. 
You looking cool. good over there, new Lara? Uh, I'm fine. I'm not back to full, but I was down like 40 hit points almost. So it's real yeah. good. It's real you good. Were, you were getting hit a little bit there. So I just thought this it's because I always forget toward the end. So Thea <laughs> gives you a little wink like, I got you. <laughs> now it's some zombies turns and the Quagoth zombie on new Lara goes and tries to claw at you again. Not successfully on the first one. And less successfully on the second one is a 10, so that won't do it. He's kind of scared of Donnie, which is funny. I think that's what it is. I think he's like a bit scared of him, so. People don't like to get bit by stuff. Yeah, think about like a giant mosquito, like just swiping by and taking a chunk out of you. You wouldn't like it either. Uh, the human zombies ready another arrow, and the two on the right side of the room aim at Osric. One of them hits true. For three damage, and the other two on the other side of the room, one of them shoots towards Thea for a 12. So that's, I don't think, good, because you got new armor. Mm-hmm. It uh, wouldn't the, have even been good with my old armor. The other one shoots at Donnie. <gasps> What's Donnie's AC there? Oh, God. 13. Ooh. I witnessed it. It's a natural, <laughs> natural 20. No. Okay, let me open his character sheet. Russ is so mean to nobody Donnie. Ever, I know. Nobody ever targets Donnie. Yeah, nobody Donnie. does ever. Oh my god, he only has seven hit points. Donnie's gonna <gasps> die. Oh my god. He's just, uh, so he's so just he's our first loss? dragon. <laughs> is this gonna be our first loss? He takes seven damage. <gasps> oh my god. Uh, oh my Donnie god. takes this pointed and directed arrow and he is knocked from the sky and he falls to the ground and he is at zero hit points. Oh my God. Murderer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. You're a really bad man. Oh. The bugbear nearest you, Flint, um, actually continues running towards the back of the room and both of them just ready, ready themselves. So they're readying their action. If anybody comes near them, they can take their action. And it is Osric's turn, and he still has that Quagoth on him. And that is a 16, which will be enough to hit with his axe. Um, and that is nine damage to that Quagoth. Amy's looking at me like I just, <laughs> very quiet in here now. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, okay, it's, it's back, part of the game. Back to the top of the order, and you hear from down the hall the crunch and breaking of what sounds like the front door. And you hear groaning zombies entering the building, and Torgar yells to Osric and says, we have to go slow them down. And he and Osric look to you guys and say, are you good? Oh, we good. Both of them run from the room and close, and you hear the door latch or like seal behind them. Um, and they are running towards uh, trying to slow down the horde of zombies at the front of this uh, building. So it is Flint's turn now. All right. I will uh, position myself directly in between the two human archers that have been causing problems. Sure. And uh, take a swing at the one on the right to start with. Sure. We'll see how that goes. If I rolled it off the desk, that would not be uh, very good. 
All right, so that is a 14. 14 is enough to hit, yep. Ooh, excellent. 16 damage on attack number one. That human archer zombie guy, he drops to the floor. Where do you hit him? Mm, I'm thinking, like, I bring my axe down into, like, his clavicle kind of area. I miss the neck a little bit, but it's enough to really still fuck him up. Sure, yeah. So, yeah, he falls and uh, is writhing on the ground still, but he is on the ground there. And I guess I will uh, take a swing at the guy on the other side of me, who is still upright. Yep. Because I might as well, since the other guy's already on the ground. That's a 22. 22 will be very good. 23. That one is dead. Where do you hit that zombie? Uh, this time, I bring my axe in with like a vicious uppercut right in his groin. Oh. <laughs> well, that okay. is... Uh, Goodness. Say that's enough to split the old stem to stern there. Um, and that zombie explodes in front of you. Mission accomplished, everyone. Let's go home. Nulara, you see Torgar and Osric run from the room and yell that they are going to try and stop the horde, slow down the horde anyways, right after Donnie falls to the ground and Flint obliterate two of the archers. And it's your turn. And I'm assuming she's filled with some sort of murderous rage for in her quest for revenge. Well, I was going to say, definitely. you're more than welcome to add some flavor, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I am like, like, Super upset, but yeah, that upsetness is not resulting in a breakdown. It is resulting in me being like so angry and going uh, like berserker on this dude that is still beside me. That is a 27. That's 18 damage on that Quagoth uh, beside me. In your rage, having seen Donnie fall to the ground taking an arrow, you obliterate this Quagoth in front of you. And he is in a gory, puddled mess in front of you. Gross. You still have your move and another action. Great. I am going to... Whatever one shot Donnie, I guess I don't know, but let's say the the archer on the left? Yep. Great. He is going to uh, feel my grief as well. Uh, that is a 19. Yeah, 19 is enough to hit him, yep. Okay, perfect. 16 damage. Which is enough to cleave through and destroy this zombie in front of you, yes. Well, good. Because fuck them. And now Donnie <laughs> must make a death saving throw. So he just has to beat a 10, no modifiers. Uh, that is a 10. Yep. He saves his first one. He has to save three um, or lose three um, in order to sustain, stabilize himself or to die. die. Yeah. Right. Thea, your turn. So far in this battle, we have tried to magically hurt using like light bulbs. Light bulbs. <laughs> I've been I've been throwing light bulbs. I mean, any advanced technology just looks like magic. It just looks like magic. Those, it's those super bright LED ones. They're really hard to look yes. at. Yes. And Flint tried throwing an axe, and none of that hurt Prim's bane. But maybe if I cast blight, it's nothing that is having to go through a force field. Mm -hmm. It is just happening mm -hmm. to his body. So I'm going to do that. Constitution saving throw. That's a 12. 
Not good enough. Mm-hmm. You get 8d8 necrotic damage. Mm-hmm. What? Alright. Okay, this is good. I like where this is going. 41. Damn. Ooh. Good one. 41? 41 damage. Uh, any other effects on that, or is it... I, I lift my middle finger at him. <laughs> he takes 20 damage. What the fuck? Well, I mean, he is oh, he is a necromancer, oh, and that's necrotic yeah. damage, so... What but still, that's still really good. My only, that's the only trick this pony can do. <laughs> and he feels that you see kind of a ripple effect happen in the this field that's protecting him. Oh, someone get him now! As he takes this 20 necromantic damage, and then as it kind of resolves itself, he chuckles at you. <laughs> that's all. And now it's his turn. Oh, Thea braces herself. <laughs> <laughs> he um, he looks towards you, Flint, and he says, I feel you, you are going to cause some difficulty for me. And he waves his hand towards you and rolls a critical 20 plus 8. Oh, my God. Um, and you feel weaker, Flint. You don't take any damage, but... You feel like some life force has kind of drained from you. Is there any effect I need to know about for that, or are you going to tell me later? I'll tell you later. All right, perfect. The Quagoth at the front of the room where Osric was begins to work his way back towards Flint and towards the back door as well. The archer on the floor beside Flint is trying to, with one arm, because the other one was cleaved, you know, through and doesn't really have mobility in it anymore, um, is trying to stand up. The other archer takes aim at Thea. That is a 12. Thea so, just stares and at And fires him. an arrow into the room, hits a tapestry. That's about it. And the bugbears again just ready themselves by that door there, waiting. And then it's back to the top, and it is Flint's turn. You hear faint rumblings from the door, the hall that Torgar and Osric are battling with some of the creatures that have entered the building. Okay, um, I would like to try to uh, approach Thelonious Primsbane and uh, see if I can just walk right through his protective shield or if it stops me physically. Sure. You are a brave motherfucker. Um, so you are stopped. You walk however quickly you walk. It's a you know kind of a jaunty hike. Nothing, nothing too slow. It feels like you hit a domed wall. You kind of lean over it and you cannot pass through. Can I make, like, that mime thing where you're, like, feeling out the wall? Sure. <laughs> Can you press your ass cheeks against it? Like you would, like, through a bus window or something like that? The, give him the pressed ham. <laughs> the old pressed ham. <laughs> uh, okay, um, I'm curious about this magic that he's got going on, that he's able to do a whole bunch of other magical things while maintaining it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I guess uh, I will continue my movement <laughs> since I only used about half of it there. And uh, head back towards these uh, bugbears here at the back of the room and uh, take a swipe at uh, the one that's closest to me now, the one on the left. Sure. Now, do I have to know anything particular for my attacking, Russ? No. No, you just make your attack. (laughs) (laughs) Just waiting for the shoot to drop. Just waiting for it. Uh, So that's a 22. Yeah, that hits. Okay. Do I have to know anything about my damage rolls, Russ? I'll let you know, man. All right, that's 10, and another 10 plus 4 is 24. That bugbear 
will take uh, 12 damage. And you feel as you swing down, you are not quite as strong as you were before. But you feel that you might be able to overcome it. Ooh. At the end of your turn, you can make a con save to try and shake this spell that he has on you. Okay, well, I'll take my second attack first, and then I'll try to make that save, since it has to come at the end of my turn. All right, that's a 19. 19 will hit. 17, so I guess he takes 8 damage. That is correct, yep. Um, and that's enough to kill that one. Ooh, excellent. Still getting it done, even when weakened. And you said it was strength or con? Constitution. Excellent. That's one of my plus four bonuses. That is a 15. You don't feel any difference. Judges say no good. Are you concentrating on whatever's happening to you and it still feels like you are are weaker than you were before? Okay. And now it is new Lara's turn. Okay, I am going to attack this other... Archer. Uh, 26. 26 will hit, yep. 17 damage. Will be enough to kill that zombie. Nice. Great. Well, I can't attack Primsbane because it doesn't work. I'm just trying to work my way over to those bugbears because, like, I want whatever is behind that door. Sure. Mm-hmm. Also, it's the only escape route. You can feel your way through and you can sneak behind. There's a bit of a passageway between his dome and the back wall. Okay, I just don't think I have any more movement. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, I have some cool, like, returning arrow. So that's fun. Nice. So I could use that. I never get to use that. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Like a boomerang arrow or something? Boomerang arrow. So, yeah, that's... where I just saw that on here. I think it just works the same as my other arrows. It just uh, returns to me. I believe. I think it's a spell cast on your quiver, if I recall. So you cast the spell um, as a bonus action, so you can cast it and still make your your attack with it. Okay, great. Yeah, and it does just work the same. So I, I charm my quiver and shoot an arrow at that other bugbear, because I think one of them's dead already. And I... Get, uh, that is only a 15. That is not enough. Boo. So it, it glances off its armor, though. So you, you hit it, but it, it glances off the, the, sh- the plate armor that it has on it. But comes okay. back to you. But, yes, but it comes back, so return back to rad. you by your next turn. So Donnie is now going to have to make another death save. Perfect. I mean, not perfect, but uh, that is an 11. Donnie, cutting it a little fucking close with these saves. Really cutting it close. Yeah, I'm not into it. So he has saved twice. And now it is Thea's turn. Uh, Thea is going to cast Blight again. How many of that level spell slots do you have? Three. All right, just checking. And I saved them all for Blight. I've had this in my mind as we've been playing. I'm like, oh, shit. All right, so you have to make a... What is it? A constitution saving that throw. That right. It's a 10. It's not good enough. I look him in the eye as I cast my spell. 29. So he'll take uh, 14. Well, good. Good. He should take some damage. And he says, oh, to feel alive again. And now it's his turn. To feel alive again. He says, I think it's time for me to go. And he casts a wall of fire in this room. He puts it up between, on the line between Nulara and Thea. 
So both of you have to make a dexterity saving throw. Well, that's not good. Your dex <laughs> mine wasn't great either. Uh, mine was a 12. Mine is a nine. You each take 5d8 fire damage. Yeah. Oh. The fuck? I just want to murder this guy, you guys. I know. Yeah, so bad. 22 fire damage. Mm. And he says, I'll leave you with that. And the wall fizzles. And he kind of looks like he's a bit mumbling to himself. But a portal opens on the floor beside him. And he jumps through. And it closes up. And it is uh, some zombies turn. And Nulara, you're closest to where he was. The dome that you felt was there, you feel that it isn't there anymore. But also, he is not. And the Quagoth zombie runs back towards Flint, and he swings with his claws for a 20 not critical and a 13. So the 20 not critical will get you four damage there, Flint. Okay. And this other bugbear jumps towards you with his morning star, and that is going to be a 19. And you will take 11 piercing damage off of that. Okay. And then it's Flint's turn. All right. So I've got a bugbear on me who's at full health. Yep. This human who is next to dying. Yep. And this Qui-Goth that is hurt but not too badly hurt. Yeah, he took like, I think he took like one hit from Osric. So not too badly. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, I will uh, I will attack the bugbear first off, because he just hurt me, so he will pay for that. And that is a 24. 24 will hit. 18, am I still weakened? I'm still weakened, correct? As the portal closes up, you connect with this hit, and you feel your strength come back, and you hit for full damage. Sweet, so that's 18 on the first attack. Uh, so yeah, he's cleaved through and drops to the ground. Okay, perfect. I will uh, I will move my focus to the Qui-Goth. That's 22. 22 is good. 16. That is enough to kill that Qui-Goth as well. And as the Qui-Goth falls over, he lands on the human and the human and also dies? And his head explodes into a puddly <laughs> mess. Um, and that human zombie is dead too. The room is clear, guys. What is through that door? I run back to Donnie. I don't care about the door right now. Does somebody have a healing potion? I have a healing kit. What's that do? Healing kit is what you want. It'll stabilize them. Thea has some healing spells as well. I do. I do. I come over to Donnie and I touch him and he regains 1d8 plus my spell casting ability modifier. Woohoo! 11. So he is stabilized and is back to full health. Phew. Yay! Kind of blinks and says, "What? What? 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 What, what happened there, guys? I kind of just blacked out for a minute." Don't ever do that again. Also, did your accent change? What yeah. happened here? Uh <laughs> I guys, I don't know what happened there. I just blacked out a little bit. I don't remember what my accent is. Maybe I'm I'm different now that I'm I was dead once. Donnie survives. Donnie survives. Phew! Yay! Uh, okay, now what's behind <gasps> Let's that go door? See. You hear, you step over all of this blood and gore and reach for the handle and it opens, it is not locked, it opens freely. You hear 
it sounds like zombies hitting the door that you entered from previously, not this new door that you're at. The door that you entered into this room from, you feel that there is like a rush of bodies that have just thrown themselves at this wall. Freak. And you open this door and it opens into a much smaller room, but you see two large spire columns, kind of curved columns. They've got carvings intricately placed into them. In the center of those spires is a piece of the Axe of Mirabar armor. And there are three bubbling jars. And inside of those jars are brains. And you see kind of like a gray-white aura coming from these spires. And as you enter, you feel a sharp pain in your mind. Make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> uh, Sounded good on Amy's oh, part. yeah. Yeah, An totally. Eight. I got a 20. I got a 19. Thea loses her fucking mind. Take the full brunt of this mind thrust attack that is being put on you by one of these brains in these jars. Flint and Nulara, you take half. Thea, you take 15. Fuck. Flint and Nulara, you take seven. Psionic damage. These brains in jars begin levitating off of the pillars that they're standing on and start spinning around the room. Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Sounds gravy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, Flint. Oh, right. Sorry, I forgot my character voice. Sounds gravy. That wasn't in character voice? <laughs> <laughs> I'm up looking up a Flint's meatball recipe. Okay, what is so this? it's only been around for like 12 seconds at this point. Okay, well, I want to keep it's it. It's a spicy meatball. <laughs> Oh God. The other one's on the floor. So the one, the archer on the floor is trying is trying Thanks. to stand back oh, up beside Bless Flint you. There. <laughs> sorry, I'm not supposed to be talking while Russ is talking. That's okay. Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The world has still ended. Darcy was a cafeteria worker. Do you see that minotaur sitting out in the food court? What minotaur? Just an ordinary, everyday human, probably. Egerton, you didn't even need a fairy cake. Why did you need a fairy cake? Because I stress eat sometimes. Egerton was a PR flack for the imperial government. This extremely devastating explosion was, in fact, a celebration. He's a flightless fairy with a sweet tooth. There were some zombies, but Blatt blew them up. I climbed a tree. And we're skipping ahead. And we're skipping ahead. Blatt used to be a filing clerk. I'll pneumatic tube it up, sir. Now he's discovering the secrets of his half-demon heritage, like his ability to summon a soul-bound weapon. Oh, you're here to destroy a time, eh? Well, eat bazooka! (laughs) Three normal dweebs, rescued from the end of the world and sent on a last-ditch quest to save all of reality. There is a way to stop the shattering, but we need you three. 
The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Find it in your favorite podcast app or visit otherbothers.com. There's no evil, so you're welcome. Flawless logic. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.